0: We welcome, we, welcome we welcome your ears, we welcome your ears, we welcome your ears. And I had the good fortune of having had an innocuous piece of audio that I'd recorded one day when we were singing together. And I decided to click on the record button. And I captured this one little moment where she started singing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little (laughs) Star," And it was with great pleasure, even though it's only a few seconds, that I was able to use it. Yeah. And TSP thirty five at the beginning. And you
1: see, if you hadn't done that, I me, mean, that's her legacy too. That she's leaving that little piece of audio behind from that age. Right. So music, let's stay with music because mm. one of my favorite genres of this podcast is transcendent tunes. Mine too. Oh no
0: You're listening to the Sill podcast with Peter Noce and Harry Posner. Episode 154, pH Factor, Year 5 Begins, A Fond Retrospective. Come on in, have a seat. Join the conversation. This will actually be our first podcast going into our fifth year.
1: Yeah, we have a five-year plan, right, Peter? What's the plan for the fifth year? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like
1: the old Soviet Union, we too have a five-year plan. (laughs) But seriously, we are actually 600 and something uploads, listens, away from Mm 20,000 uploads and listens from people like you guys out there from all around the world, thank you, who tune in, whether regularly or sporadically, and put your ears in our direction. And we're eternally grateful, off the top.
0: I checked the last 12 months, the analytics, 28 different countries in the last year.
1: Yeah, it's astounding, isn't it? A couple of yokels from Orangeville, Ontario, Canada, sitting in front of a microphone, talking about whatever, mm-hmm. right? and there are 20,000 ears that have listened to us.
0: It should be noted, though, that many of those listens have been because we built a library of over 150 podcasts now. Yep. So a lot of the downloads are not coming just for the recent download, they're going back as far back as 2017 July when we began. And Peter you have been keeping records of the number of downloads
1: per week, per month, Mm -hmm. for all of the 153 podcasts we've done so far, Mm -hmm. and you've kept tallies upon which podcasts are the most popular and have downloaded the most, Mm -hmm. and right now by far the most popular podcast, and people might be surprised by this for some reason. TSP 109 which is a transcendent Tune, an mm-hmm. episode which explores the background of the song No, Je ne Regrette Rien, made famous by Edith Piaf. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that podcast was like Secretariat. It jumped ahead of all the other horses by many, many lengths. leaps and bounds, yes. literally. Are we had 3,000 downloads yet for that?
0: Way over 3,000 on that one.
1: On that one podcast alone. Yeah, it's
0: primarily the Asian market. It's about 90% Asian market. And I would say 90% of that 90% is from various Indian states, all of India. Wow. Wow. So that's fascinating. And I'm very happy in a way
1: because that's one of my favorite departments. That we started and we stopped at a certain point. We'll talk about yep. why Transcendent shortly. Tunes, called yeah. Transcendent Tunes. Because what happened was around podcast number... Well, we did one called Riffing on Music, I think it was I called. I think that's
0: uh, TSP35, if I'm not mistaken. Let's just see how good your memory is, man. TSP35, wow. Is that the one? Peter,
1: riffing on music, talking huh? about revolution. And it was all about music and our love for music. We decided not too long after that...
0: Actually, 30 episodes went by before we engaged it as a separate series. Good Vibration, I believe, was 67. 67. Good man. Well, I remember some of them because they were specific. So I genuinely remember them. I don't remember all 154. And when I say 154... Remembering that we include the first one, which is TSP000, yeah. which was not an actual podcast, but led to the podcast. Right. And we called it TSP000 because it's just an introduction, which was an ad hoc yeah. discussion that you and I had that we decided to post as well, it was. it was an
1: introduction to who we were as mm-hmm. well and a bit of our mm-hmm. history and
0: that sort of thing. But well, that was interesting because we did absolutely zero Prep for that. We just sat in the living room and talked, and then we decided, oh, let's use that 15, 20 minutes. Well, in fact, back in the early days, I
1: remember back in 2017 mm-hmm. when we sat down, mm. we rarely did much of any preparation. True. we had an idea for what we were going to talk about usually it was going to be me on the arts side you on the more technological side and mm-hmm. we we're going to see how arts and technology kind of uh, work together and combined and, and played off each other
0: right because the basis of that was how we met in a cafe while well, i was actually instructing people who were coming into the cafe and you were sitting there doing your ongoing writing yeah and we periodically would see each other over a period of months and then finally one day Actually, you came to my table one day and you said, do you know anything about uh, self-publishing? Because you were looking to publish one of your books. Right. And then we talked. And then over the next few months, we would meet off and on.
1: Well, I did some recording with you as well, a little children's audio thing. Toshi, the Toshi series.
0: Right. When I heard you were writing, I said, well, give me some of your material. And I said, why don't we play with this? This sounds very interesting. I think we can get more out of it on an audio level.
1: Yeah. So, the beginnings. And so, art and technology. And we soon found that we could talk about almost anything and bring an artistic and a technological side to it to Mm -hmm. talk about, which eventually, ultimately, led to us really saying... It doesn't have to just be artistic and technological. It can be anything, which,
0: sociological, Which became spiritual. no limits.
1: Yeah, became no limits, the sill no limits. So we gave ourselves permission at a certain point to talk about anything and to talk about it in different
0: ways. Right. And at the same time, though, we wanted to keep it interesting and give the listener options. So we divided it, which was the beginning of dividing it into series segments. Yeah. So the first one was Transcendent Tunes, was it not? I think we decided on four or five, Mm -hmm. and we came up with three or four based on the knowledge that we had on the previous 40 or 50 podcasts. We thought these are areas that we tend to cover. And that evolved into transcendent tunes, time trek, and digging words. And digging words. Right. Then we added pH factor, which we'd been doing basically from the beginning, and P and H standing for Peter Harry. Right. Now, doing that actually helped us Mm -hmm. organize our podcasts
1: and the ordering of them and gave us a focus for mm-hmm. each one. You know, with Time Trek, we'd choose a historical moment or an invention or something, and we would then do preparation in advance, looking up its history, getting the facts about it straight, and talking about its the implications of this discovery or invention or what have you, mm-hmm. and bringing people through time into the present, right. so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. So it really helped me Focus my thinking on it, and we did begin to do preparation, which we hadn't really done so much before. Right, Transcendent right. tunes, the same thing. Yes. The first tune we did was good vibrations. Good vibrations, the Beach Boys, right? Right. So that meant looking into the song, researching the history of it, how mm-hmm. the song was put together, the
0: musicality of it, all those things. Right. Again, though, I mean, we did some research, but I think it's fair to say that. Probably not more than a couple of hours in general. There there may have been some cases more, but we've always relied on just letting the thing kind of flow. Yeah. The one thing that we've always done, even from day one, is we always at least say, what do we open with?
1: Yeah, yeah. Right.
0: Right. And that's basically what took us through our 50 podcasts. We just had an opening idea. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we just kind of picked up on each other. And I think a lot of that came from our conversations before we began the podcast of how we would often inadvertently meet in the cafe Mm -hmm. and we sit down after we both did our thing and we'd have a cup of coffee and spend 15-20 minutes and similar conversations. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, the the whole thing about this podcast, really from the beginning, it's just been about the art of conversation Mm -hmm. between two people who are differing in many ways in our worldviews and how we approach life, et cetera, et cetera. And the idea was to create a conversation that people could eavesdrop in. Just drop in and listen to
0: two people talking about something going on in the world. But the one thing we both had in common from day one was that we were both the type of individual who was willing to discuss or listen to something that's either foreign to them or don't agree with. Sure. And we've always been that way. Mm -hmm. And even when we disagree, we respect one another's Right. Which is something that is lacking today. Well,
1: yeah, the world can learn from that right now in the midst of COVID. But uh, we were doing it actually week to week. We were doing it every week. It was actually amazing when you think about it, <laughs> that we were
0: pumping out a podcast a week. Yeah, and in June of 2019. Two we- years in. Yes, Podcast 100, we changed to every two weeks. Podcast number 100 was
1: called PH Factor, The Little Cast That Could. Right. Talking
0: and about by that. the way, that's been a fairly popular mm-hmm. podcast, TSP 100. For people who are getting
1: into podcasting and that sort of thing. Just a quick aside can you just say a, a few words about where podcasting was at in terms of its popularity in 2017 and where it's at now?
0: What's the trajectory? I'm going to give you rough figures here, but it's three, four times the volume of podcasts that are available. Right. Again, this is a statistic, though, that can vary widely because you can talk about podcasts being produced. Or created, but the actual percentage of podcasts that persevere and continue mm-hmm. beyond one, two, or three episodes right. is a small percentage of the total. Right, but back then we were talking about what, 500,000? Five to 600,000 range Podcast. podcasts yeah. that were then because Apple was being used as the kind of governing body where all the statistics were being right. drawn from. Right. Now, one of the things that happened, apart from its normal evolution, is that COVID really made it leap.
1: To another level. It really ramped up during COVID. And is it not true that the numbers
0: of women listeners started to shoot up? Which really interested me because when I began the whole process or the idea of podcasting, one of the things that I was hoping to do in a very small way was to create material that would engage more females. Hmm. Not because of any specific reason, other than I believe that they have much to offer And they are generally broader communicators than we are in terms of diversity.
1: Right, right.
0: And it's been kind of borne out in our interviews. If you look at the history of our interviews, the majority of our interviews have been women. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Speaking of which, we failed to
1: acknowledge, and we should, that the female Mm. who introduced this podcast off the top, Miss Twinkle Twinkle, turns out to be your granddaughter, Eva. Eva. Yes. And tell us how Eva kind of inspired this whole thing to begin with.
0: Well, I have to go way back to May of 2015 when she was born, actually even before she was born. But I would take that particular day, May 1st, 2015, the day she came into this world. It was a pivotal moment. I would say it was as big a pivotal moment in my life Mm -hmm. as the birth of my son her father. Right. There were other things going on at the time, but she was instrumental in the sense that I really started to feel differently over the next few weeks and months, having her in my arms and, and just being with her and realizing many things at that time. I won't get into all the specifics because that's personal and emotional stuff. But the point I was trying to make was that it was kind of the first time in my life where a legacy Mm, uh-huh. Sort of played in.
1: Uh-huh. What am I going to leave behind yeah. for her generation?
0: Yeah. And mm-hmm. also, as many of the uh, podcasts have shown... We've discussed so many different things. Our personalities probably have come through over these 150 podcasts. Mm -hmm. It's a great opportunity to discuss things that would be either difficult or that you would not engage in socially simply because most people wouldn't be interested or whatever. Uh, For example, we broached the not always easy subject of death and dying
1: in several different podcasts, talking about our relationship to that idea and to that reality and different cultures and how they handle it and that sort of thing. Uh,
0: And that's one of the things that I really cherish in this process. And fortunately enough, I have a co-host who I have some uh, chemistry with and understanding that most of the things just flow naturally, that you don't resist. We're both open to discussing all topics, even topics we may not necessarily be totally comfortable with or are are making discoveries about. And and getting back to what you mentioned about Eva, so one of my greatest pleasures was when... And it was, I think, specifically with episode 35, mm-hmm. TSP 35, yeah, one that we both really enjoyed doing because we got into the whole music industry, so to speak, and we connected it all back to our growing years in the 60s and 70s and the music scene and so on. Right. And I had the good fortune of having had an innocuous piece of audio that I'd recorded one day when we were singing together. And I decided to click on the record button, and I captured this one little moment where she started singing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. (laughs) And it was with great pleasure, even though it's only a few seconds. Yeah, of course. That I was able to use it. Yeah. And TSP-35 at the beginning. And you
1: see, if you hadn't done that, I mean, that's her legacy, too, that she's leaving that little piece of audio behind from that age. Right. So music, let's stay with music, because mm. one of my favorite genres of this podcast is transcendent tunes. Mine, too. And we did Good Vibrations. We've done Al Jolson. We yesterday. Did, yesterday, uh, Strange Fruit, Billy Holiday, Harry Chapin, Sniper. Uh, but one of my favorites, I think, was the Led Zeppelin one. It was their way to heaven. Yeah, because in revisiting that, being the child of the '60s, yep. I was around when that song was big. You 1971. You know, 71. I, yeah, I was 20 years old. Yeah. And but I never really appreciated it. Right. Until we did this podcast, and I had to listen to it over and over again, right? And listen to all the way the parts came together like this symphonic, incredible uh, piece of magic. And the voices and the instrumentation, and I thought, wow! TSP 080. Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin, Mm -hmm. released the 8th of November, 1971. And I have to say, all through my university years, and maybe yours as well, Mm -hmm. uh, that tune was really a milestone tune, because it typically ended every single university dance event. That was put on. Well,
0: we weren't doing too much dancing because I was in an architectural course that had uh, 122 males and four females. (laughs) So we were dancing with the guys. You
1: were dancing with your blueprints. I got
0: to know my male friends really well with that song.
1: (laughs) Then you'd grab the female that Uh, you were kind of uh, hot about Mm. and you'd say, let's do this dance. And it was a slow dance. Hmm. Even with the ripping solo that happens near the end by Jimmy Page, Mm -hmm. it was a slow dance and it was beautiful and romantic and incredible.
0: Well, for me, it was the layering of the song. I can't say I was a song that I was fondly dancing to. I was into other music at the time. However, uh, that song, I do recall it coming out and stepping back from my friends at the time because it caught my interest so intensely Mm -hmm. that I needed to step back and listen. In fact... When I heard it, I had to go find that song because I couldn't, in the midst of what I was doing on the radio, really catch all the elements. Yeah. And I was totally engrossed with the layering of that song and the change in tempo and the quality of it. Because it gradually increases in tempo Mm -hmm. from the beginning. Medieval
1: folk strains Mm -hmm. of the acoustic guitar idea right through to this incredibly frantic racing solo. TSP080. And so we talked about that song and others, and then what happens with this podcast, we began to innovate as well during one of these transcendent tunes, Harry Chapin's Sniper, where I thought why don't we play the song in the background Mm -hmm. and talk about it at the same time Mm -hmm. as we listen to it? And that created, for me especially, a very different kind of experience than playing a piece of it, talking about it, playing a piece of it, talking about it, right? Right. So these are the kinds of things as a podcast duo that we do now and then as we introduce something almost in the moment Mm -hmm. and go, oh, that works really well.
0: Right. So the obvious question, if I were listening to us speaking right now, would be, well, if you liked it so much, Why did you stop doing it?
1: Well, the Transcendent Tunes series we stopped doing because the questions of copyright began to wear their ugly head over and over again, as in, well, how much of the song can we play without crossing copyright lines and never getting a clear answer other than, well, don't go there. Just don't go there, Mm -hmm. basically, because who knows, Warner Music could sue you or Sony could
0: sue you or whatever. Yeah. And we used the fact that we were not a big player and that there weren't that many listeners that we were low risk. But I think our love for doing that one overrode our legal concerns. For a while. For a while. Then we decided, well, especially as our listenership began to grow a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the other thing was part of my justification was that if anything, this will help sell the record. I mean, I- <laughs> like Led Zeppelin needs help selling. Their yeah, like not weird. that any, not that any of them need that help, of course. Like you say, it's ridiculous. But but I thought, what harm can there be? It's all positive. It's not like we're damning the song. We're getting into its history. We're having an interesting discussion about what we experienced personally because of it, and so on and so on. Yeah. So I thought this is all positive, and neither one of us would, for one moment, be unwilling to give money to right. the artist right. if we were earning money with it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it turns out that the last Transcendent Tune was episode 112. That's right. And that was the Harry Chapin Sniper song. Probably one of the most dramatic ones we did. Oh, that's incredible. It always gives me goosebumps listening to that song. It's just an incredible
0: song. And I completely get where you're coming from. Personally, I think I would probably pick... Stairway to Heaven yeah. as the one that I enjoyed doing the most mm-hmm. uh, doesn't necessarily mean it was the most profound. Yesterday was kind of interesting too. And the older ones, although I wasn't as musically attached because they weren't in my personal experience, the political and social significance of some of those older songs like Strange Fruit.
1: Yeah. And the history of it and the fact that this sort of socialist Jew from New York City mm-hmm. wrote the song that Billy Holiday made famous. That's right. SP06060 060, 60, in my craw what's oh, right. bugging you and that was a chance for us to air our pet peeves about life and people and, and everything right. else right? right so we do take opportunities to vent in a way, and to be cathartic. We did several episodes on freedom of expression, etc., which mm-hmm. is close to my heart as a writer, as an artist. Right. So every conversation is an expression of each person's state of being.
0: And beyond the expression, there's also great opportunities sometimes to pass on information that may be helpful or of benefit to others. Sure. So, for example, I remember TSP-100. The Little Cast That Could. Right. Where it started off as a discussion about the podcast, but then you turned it into kind of a and a and started asking me questions, technical questions. Right. So if I was getting into podcasting yeah. or trying to understand the fundamentals of audio, that's a great one to listen to. So, right. And that was the mandate at the beginning, to educate, entertain at the same time. Right. Now, we both have two levels of expertise
1: or relatively equal levels of expertise in another area where there's an educational component that we brought to the podcast. Mm. And that was TSP 20, black, two sugars, coffee, tea, and tech. So where we got the opportunity, you to talk about coffee, me to talk about tea. Right. And the importance of and the health benefits of
0: and all and how to do it properly and stuff. TSP 020. What makes for a good cup of coffee? Primarily how you roast and make it. First of all, you start off with a good quality bean, which is typically, there are two basic coffee beans. There's Arabica and Robusta. Arabica is what you want. That's the high quality Mm -hmm. coffee. Lesser quality coffees are made from Robusta. Mm -hmm. Also, how you make it, water that you use, uh, the temperature that you brew it at. You never want to boil water when you're making coffee. It always has to be a few degrees below boiling. Really? Mm -hmm. I see that. I hadn't heard before. Why is that? You overheat the water, it ruins the actual uh, brewing process. Interesting. Uh, So it makes the coffee more bitter. See, that's true for tea as well, especially
1: green tea and oolong tea. Black tea is fine. Right. Yeah, very interesting. So, okay, water temperature, quality of the water. How you
0: store your coffee. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. The grind that you use. There are different grinds for different brewing types. For example, if you're using French press, you want it coarser than you would if you were making espresso. TSP 020. That turned out to be a very popular podcast, right? That one has quadrupled or quintupled in listenership over the last six months, primarily because, as you know, I'm also involved with Hockley Valley Coffee. Oh, that's good coffee. (laughs) I know. It's it's very good coffee. (laughs) HockleyValleyCoffee.com
1: for anybody who's listening. And in fact, in the earlier episodes, we generally began with a kind of a... (laughs) That's right. Oh, that's good coffee.
0: Right. And the opportunity there, again, came from both of us having had experience over the years with those particular areas, which had nothing to do with our basic education. Yeah. It had to do with something that happened to us during our lifetimes. And one of the benefits I believe we have doing this podcast is our age, our respective ages. We've been around for a while. Yeah. We're both in our 60s, and you just uh, hit the golden number. 70, yeah. Yeah. A lot of the conversation comes right out of our heads from years and years of God knows what experiences. That's
1: true. That's true. But there's a point where you get tired of talking to each other. Yes. And we decided... Let's let's do a a menage à trois. What do you say? In fact, we started very early because we interviewed Andrew Welch, a local author, about his book, The Value Crisis. Second podcast. Second podcast, which is a great book and a great podcast because he's so well-spoken. And in a way, we didn't realize at the time that we were going to, much later on, actually, decide to do an interview series right every third or fourth or fifth episode mm-hmm. and so we ended up interviewing really interesting local people yes. from the area here in Orangeville Ontario Canada and then we went abroad US
0: New Zealand New Zealand US recently Italy
1: That's right. Our most recent one was uh, Cellico, Italy, with your cousin Pietro. Yes. And really, that opened up a new sort of
0: vista for us. Something else happened because the first two podcasts, well, the first one was done with a pocket recorder in your living room. So just being able to understand it was sufficient. We didn't concern ourselves with all the rest. The second one, which was in Andrew's basement, Mm -hmm. also did Mm -hmm. not have the ideal audio conditions, but we thought the content could carry it. And so you have a little bit of this audio reverberation, whatever. But the audio is good and the content is good.
1: Yeah. I think your attitude all along has been we want to make the audio as good as possible, but it's the content that really will draw people to mm-hmm. the podcast and keep people connected. Mm-hmm. right? But there were times when we had to make do yes. with telephone conversations with each other during the early days of COVID, for example. Yep. We did three conversations over three days that we knitted into one podcast.
0: And we did them all over the phone. All over the phone, right? Mm-hmm. So right? TSP-122 is the one yep. that's an amalgamation of the three conversations held on three different days.
1: Right. So again, something of an experiment in a way. Yeah. Didn't we do one where we walked and talked? Yes, we visited the Orangeville Food Bank wearing lavalier mics and recording into TASCAMs, I think it was. We did two so. like
0: that. We also did the Dufferin Museum.
1: And the Dufferin Museum, where we took a walk on location yep. and recorded our conversation in the space that we are talking about. Yep. Again, it's a way of shaking up the podcast and how we operate and think about it. And I really enjoyed doing that.
0: You enjoy it, but it's also for me, I often will tackle things because it takes me out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And I find that some of the best material that's produced is when that happens, because Mm Because you have to let go of any preoccupations with perfection and you just go to it. Right,
1: right. And sometimes you just have to laugh. You have to just kind of break the seriousness of it. So we can get serious, you and I. Well, especially serious, me. Especially you, right? Yeah. So I try <laughs> whenever I can to break up the seriousness. Right. But we did a series called Digging Words. Yeah. And we chose words like bragadozio and portmanteau yeah.
0: and risible. That one to me, uh, <laughs> risible, which is TSP, is it uh, 68? Let's see how good you are.
1: Wow, you should be on a game show or something, you know? Is (laughs) that your final answer? Yeah, but ask me
0: what the name of the person we just met. Right, what's your wife's name? (laughs) (laughs) So, digging words risible. I amuse you,
1: I make you laugh. Yeah, I enjoy
0: enjoy doing that one. We should give
1: you a little segment of that to listen to just
0: to tune you in. So, here's a little segment of risible. An autopsy professor giving an introductory lecture to a class of students. You get the scene, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, standing over a corpse, he addresses the class. He says, there are two things you need to make a career in medical forensics. First, you must have no fear. Mm -hmm. Having said that, he shoved his finger up the corpse's anus (laughs) and licked it. (laughs) Now you must do the same. This is what he tells the entire class. After a couple of minutes of uneasy silence, the class did as instructed. Second, the professor continues, You must have an acute sense of observation. For instance, how many of you noticed that I put my middle finger up this man's anus but licked (laughs) my index finger? (laughs) Well, that was just (gasps) risible. Well, this one gives me a kick too. It's not quite the same, but there's a boy comes home and complains to his father and he says... You told me to put a potato in my (laughs) swimming trunks. You said it would impress the girls at the pool. But you forgot to mention one thing. And the father says, really? What? That the potato should go in the front. (laughs) Okay, so we're back. Great.
1: (laughs) Uh, The other one I like to, just recalling them at random, was the Pinocchio one. Podcast 144. Time track Pinocchio, A Tale of Two Puppets. Mm -hmm. And I learned so much about Pinocchio and the history of it. And reading the original italian story Mm -hmm. which is so different from the disney version
0: and that's the one you also asked me to do it in italian
1: that's right that's right and i love the sound of the italian so that was really enjoyable
0: it's a story uh, like many disney productions where the original story is quite different from the way disney produced it yeah
1: now do you have any favorite interview subjects of all the ones we've done
0: I enjoyed Dr. Six generally, Dr. Claudia Six. I just like her as a person, and I, I like that she's open-minded, and she's a sexologist. Yeah. I also find that interesting in general relationships and sexual attitudes and so on she's the only one we've interviewed twice well right? andrew, andrew, andrew? Welt, uh, I, and uh, andrew definitely an interesting interview they all had something every single interview we've done I, I can honestly say i got something out of every single one now there was another one that was of particular interest to me was the one we did with joanna nuding mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on cannabis yeah and that's fairly recent too yeah, and uh, she has her own podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Right? That's Do doing remember, very well. Do
1: you remember the name of her cast? Casually
0: Baked. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, one of the ones I think was particularly profound... Mm. And powerful was the one with Andrea Bird. Yes. And it's one of the more popular of our podcasts.
0: Actually, it's the most popular interview at this time. There you go. In fact, I've noticed over the last month there's been an additional dozen downloads or listen to that. That's one that has gone consistently almost every week. Yeah. Since we did it. Right. It's into the hundreds now.
1: And that's TSP-101.
0: Right. She talks about the
1: process, the conscious process of dying that she is going through Yes. with her cancer. And it's really profound and beautiful and sad and every emotion you can imagine is part of that podcast. TSP101
2: Breast cancer came into my life almost seven years ago which was a huge shock. It was not on my radar. I'm sure it is for everybody that gets that diagnosis. Yep. Mm-hmm. My world flipped upside down, but I forged ahead with chemo, radiation, surgery, hoping for the best. Two years ago, I found out that it had metastasized to my bones and my lungs, mm. which was a bigger shock, actually, because I was feeling relatively well, except for a small nagging pain in my hip. So that was almost an indescribable time Mm -hmm. coming to terms with one's own mortality. As David White so beautifully says, we must apprentice ourselves to the curve of our own disappearance. Mm, Isn't that gorgeous? And I, I think of that often because it's exactly what it feels like. It feels like I am on an arc. I'm going to come full circle when I die. And those little tiny movements around the arc are almost imperceptible at times but other times they're very apparent when dealing with pain or discomfort or uh, energy levels so you, you sometimes come face to face with the reality that life is never going to be the same way it was before
0: tsp 101 remarkable person very much so we were going to do a follow-up but Currently, it's been a little bit challenging because she's undergoing some form of regression. And so we don't know. We're kind of playing that week by week. But for now, the second interview has been held off. But if anybody has this particular issue for themselves or in their family, I highly recommend listening to that podcast. Right. Let's just get technical for a second Mm -hmm.
1: here. What would you say is the biggest change technically that you've gone through from the beginning first episode to now in terms of how you work the audio editing afterwards.
0: I've learned to be more efficient, made minor adjustments here and there. I've improved certain aspects, including a couple of equipment choices, primarily those software learning. And I would say, though, to be honest, 90% of it I kind of already had. But that other 10% has been significant in terms of refining. Mm -hmm. And also uh, the technical aspects, it's made things possible. And I know that even more is possible. I could do, we could do much more than we're doing if this was being run more as a business than as it is right now. yeah. The lack of funding, Mm -hmm. because right now it's got nothing to do with technology, it's got to do more with being able to apply more time to do more things, more creative things. I would love to get into something that's more detailed in terms of audio sonics, Mm -hmm. even just accents, but where it makes it even more interesting. Yeah. From a quality standpoint... I think we could compete with literally anyone. And we have to remind ourselves too,
1: to mention at the end of the podcast that we have a donate button, it's easy to donate, we have a comments button, and so we're always wanting to encourage you guys to respond, because the more you respond, the more ideas we get. And if you do donate, it helps exactly what Peter just talked about. We put in hours and hours, Peter especially, on the
0: editing, puts in countless hours to pull these podcasts together. In a typical podcast, between both our times, the recording part is the shortest part. We sit here and we record for 30, 40, 50 minutes max, and then it's edited. The editing is usually five to 10 times longer than the actual recording. But generally speaking, 90 out of 100 podcasts can be done, say, within a seven or eight hour period. But that's still seven or eight hours over the course of a week. In this case, two. That's one of the reasons we went from one week to two weeks was because of the amount of time mm-hmm. and we found that we could do better work when we had more time but in fairness we didn't begin this as any kind of a marketing ploy the initial reasons for starting the podcast had nothing to do with money no we're just a bit of hoy ploy starting up a podcast no ploys involved i will say because i keep records of this money has come in other forms at least for myself i can say that it has generated revenue, certainly not the level of time that I've spent. Because over the course of 150 some odd podcasts, if I was being paid yeah. for every hour I've spent over that time period, I'd be close to six figures in terms of my normal right. hourly rate. Right. However, I would say that 10 to 15, even maybe 20 percent, but let's say use 15 percent of that I have earned in work that relates to audio because of the podcast. Okay. Uh, Nowhere near enough to justify to, leaving your day job. It's more job. good
1: karma than good money. <laughs>
0: Put it that way. Yeah. So let me
1: ask you a question now. Yeah. And I can answer it too. How would you say the way you've approached the podcast has changed from the first episode to now, in the way you handle your
0: thoughts about it, or the way you express yourself, or anything like that? Maybe you'd be able to answer that better than I. I don't know that I've changed that much. I think the biggest challenge I have now sometimes is maintaining the level of interest consistently. And not because I'm not interested in either the format or the technology or the actual discussion. The amount of material that's available to people is flabbergasting. Uh, And it kind of goes counter to my own thoughts in the sense that I'm one of those people who streamlines everything. People think that because I'm technologically capable, They think that I spend all my time looking at websites. And and the truth is, I don't. What the technology affords me is speed and efficiency. So oftentimes, the time spent looking for things or doing technical things is relatively short. Right, right. I think I've learned a lot in terms of communication, because how often do you get to say something and then actually get to listen to yourself?
1: Yeah, and also, at a personal level, you're a little bit generally reticent to share personal anecdotes. I've yes, been sort of trying to pull them out of you over yeah. the last four years, <laughs> but I think you've been a bit more forth. What's the word? Uh, forthcoming. forthcoming About personal stories and your own history as time has gone on, you felt a bit more comfortable to share these stories, as in your Shakespearean debut of um, <laughs> Hamlet as a 14-year-old, <laughs> a cool 14-year-old wearing well, Romeo
0: a, and Juliet, tight huh?
1: jeans. <laughs> 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 and a leather jacket. But again, that well, was Juliet, but that
0: yeah. again was was off the mic. That was off, the,
1: but now it's on the mic. Now so it's on the your, mic. Which actually, in terms of my own personal change over the years, yeah, I was I going to say, just ask you that. I would say that i felt less inhibited. To express myself, all of my emotional sides, right. my, especially in the last year and a half with COVID, mm-hmm. the angry side, the part of me that says, this is bullshit, coming out more and more on a day-to-day basis. And so it's bound to
0: reflect in the
1: podcast itself.
0: I know. would say that in the last year, that's been the case for me too, if perhaps not as noticeable.
1: Yeah, because you control it better, you see? Yes,
0: I do. <laughs> uh, but I was much more, I have to be honest, I, I was more neutral. About Mm -hmm. this entire subject a year ago. Yeah. I've lost a lot of my neutrality because, in my opinion, it's now become excessive. I'm amazed at how easily people are swayed or convinced of things without asking questions. Right, right.
1: But all the negative stuff aside, we did do some positive chatting about it. We did an episode called uh, Silver Linings, The Bright Mm -hmm. Side of COVID, TSP 140. Yep. And we... Try to focus on the good stuff that is emerging as a result of this crisis. I think we generally do try to hit the positive yeah, side. Yeah, or at least a balanced perspective right. by, by the end of it. Try to portray both sides of an argument if, right. if there are two sides. To oh,
0: there is one thing I should add to your earlier question. Yeah. I'm also influenced to some degree by listening to other podcasters. Okay not just podcasters. There are certain people I just respect. For example, radio announcer Bob Costas has always made anything he's talked about interesting. Okay. Old time guys that I still think about, guys like Walter Cronkite.
1: I'm Walter
0: Cronkite. Yeah. There's a particular Walter Cronkite broadcast which will remain emblazoned in my brain. I know the one you're talking about. And I was just a kid. I was Mm -hmm. 10 years old and I will never forget it when I heard his voice on a television. I would run to the TV. And it was the first time that I saw him, saw the human side when Kennedy was assassinated. Yep, Yep. He looked visibly upset. Still kept it together. Mm -hmm. The other thing is I've been a fan of the BBC since I can remember. In the early days, pre-Beatles, the studios, all that stuff. So the actual audio part of it or the learning, a lot of it that happens here. Is impacting you in some way.
1: Oh, sure. All of those experiences, the people you've listened to. I mean, I've done television and radio interviews and that sort of thing. Right. I've done work on stage. So I've brought all of that to my comfort level,
0: let's say, yeah. here in front of a microphone, right. uh, just sort of extemporizing. Um, and I didn't recall it when you asked me the question, but it's coming to my mind now. I do feel a lot more responsibility with this podcast now than I did three or four years ago. Right. I feel a certain level, not only commitment, but that what I say might impact someone. Yeah. Right? I didn't give it that much thought in the beginning. Yeah. But as time passes, that comes into my mind a little right. bit more, especially when we're talking about specific subjects. If I don't get anything else across in these podcasts is one of the things that I prize highly in life is the ability of individuals, even from different facets of life, different races, colors, religions, Mm -hmm. ideas, that they have the ability to come together and discuss things, even when they're vehemently opposed for whatever reason to each other. To me, that is such an important thing. And if I don't get anything else across doing these podcasts, that's the one thing that's high on my list. Well, that's part of the art of conversation. Mm. Is that respect, that mutual respect. Tolerance, compassion. Tolerance, compassion,
1: awareness, listening deeply and that sort of thing. Right. Year five, let's just talk about year five now yep. for briefly because we don't often plan an entire year or what we're going to do. But we talk about ideas sometimes. And one of the ideas, and we started it with the last podcast of the fourth year, which is planetary postcards. Yep. And we decided, you know, we've been doing these interviews on the phone and an interview on the phone can be done anywhere, after right. all. So I thought why don't we try to touch base around the world if we can, find people in different parts of the world, and let them give us a sense for what life is like in their neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. Right? Whether it's a butcher in France or a bed and bike proprietor in Celico Italy. Share your life with us. What is life like there? Right. And so I think we're gonna continue that. Oh,
0: well, we're certainly going to attempt so. it because like all other things we've tried, we kind of feel our way through it. We haven't really tested the waters in terms of what kind of a response we're going to get. So far, we're batting a 1,000 one attempt and one success. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't know whether or not we'll be able to find enough people or find the right people in various countries or, or the opportunity right. again, because we're also not doing this out of some kind of administrative office. And we don't have a team of, of 10 yeah, people. Yeah, we are I it. Know. You are you and I do everything right. from A to Z. There are no other components. Yeah. Uh, but the one thing, though, that I would like to close on and yeah. looking forward, what I would love to see a lot more of would be some feedback. From listeners. Yeah, of course. That would probably help us the most. Now, certainly our listenership has gone up. Well, when this podcast airs, Mm -hmm. technically we will be one week away from completing four years because we started it on July 10th of 2017. Mm -hmm. And our numbers, just a quick overview here. Our first year, we averaged 22 downloads per podcast. Our second year, 46. Our third year, 158. And as it stands right now today, and it won't change much, we're averaging 452 (laughs) per episode. Yeah. Now, again, it's also based on the fact that we have a certain library archive that people can access. Regardless, we're still small players by commercial standards, but a significant increase for two indies doing this a few hours a week. Right, right. Feedback from listeners would be really helpful in terms of, are we talking too much about things that we're interested in and you're not interested in? Yeah. And Uh, if you're a regular listener, what are your favorite
1: podcasts
0: of all mm -hmm. the ones you've heard? Or if you have any
1: other ideas for departments, you know, planetary postcards, transcendent tunes, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. an idea of an area of life that you think we should explore on a regular basis. Or
0: even simpler what would you like more of and what would you like less
1: of? Yeah, also that. There's an audio record button. You can send the comment audio-wise or you can type it in.
0: And we've added a little coffee cup for anybody that is interested in supporting us. Uh, <laughs> you can <laughs> buy us a free coffee uh, as well. buys a free coffee. <laughs> it's all there on the site. So on that note, Harry, basically I want to say thanks to you too because without you... Life would
1: be meaningless?
0: (laughs) 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 when it gets to that, then I'm too close. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, but seriously, it's been a pleasure. I hope that we can do this for another four. Frankly, I just take this a week at a time, as I do most things. And whether we do one or a hundred, it's been a blast. I get nothing but the positive things from doing it. So I'm hoping that continues.
1: And, and uh, congratulations to uh, us, to each to of us. Cheer. A toast, a cheers.
0: Oh, I'm a sip oh, of that good do- coffee. Oh, that's coffee. <laughs> Ciao, Peter. Ciao, Harry. The Sill Podcast is a Connecting Dots Media production. Available at thesillpodcast.com.
1: Thank you for your donation to the SILL Podcast.